Well, praise the Lord and welcome to our Romans Bible study this morning. We're so excited to be back here in the office. I've been in Athens, Tennessee, up in the foothills of beautiful uh, smoky mountains of Tennessee. I mean, ooh, I love to go there. It's really the most beautiful place I've ever seen in our nation. Hadn't seen all the places, but it's a beautiful place. Love being with Pastor Colton and Sister uh, Casey Hill there, and they will, as they announced uh, uh, this last weekend, be moving to Wichita Falls, Texas here in the next few weeks at some point. Uh, and uh, begin uh, pastoring the, the Crossway Church that's there. And we're just excited about that. And uh, I just want to let you know that you can help sow into that ground, that church planning process. Uh, we've had a building since November. Uh, well, we've been meeting there since November in a hotel. And then the last month, or the month before last, we, uh, we, we uh, obtained a building that we're leasing now with electric bill and gas bill with very few people coming. So you can be a part of that raising up of a new cross preaching church. You can give uh, as easy as texting your giving to 903-231-5950 or you can give on our website thecrosswaychurch.com. Uh, just hit the donate button and verify there what it's for. And uh, we thank God for you for helping us get the Bibles, six expositor study Bibles, six every week into the hands of inmates across the land and all the things that God is doing uh, through Crossway Church. We're excited about what he's doing and what he's saying in these last days. And uh, the message of the cross is just really uh, caused uh, our ministry uh, to flourish. Really, it's given us the ministry we have, for we are a ministry. My ministry is about the gospel. It's not just because of what Christ did at Calvary. It is about what Christ did at Calvary. I do not preach the message of the cross and the full counsel of God. I preach the message of the cross as the full counsel of God because uh, we don't have a problem saying that that, uh, that the Word of God has a, 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 a blood-stained uh, thread that runs all the way through it, but rarely will you find a ministry that preaches that blood-stained thread that runs through the entirety of the, of the Bible. Jesus is our genesis. He's everything in the, in, the, in, in the middle, and He is the revelation. He is the first and the last, the alpha and the omega. He is our everything, and we learn about Him in the Word of God. Amen. And that's why we're excited to be here this morning with part nine of our chapter eight of the book of Romans Bible study. So grab your Bibles, your pencil, your paper, and gather up with us, and, and let's look at these things written in, in, in chapter eight of Romans. And where we will start today is verse six. I know we covered that in the last session, but we will kind of back up like we like to do, scratch our feet in where we were, and then take off into the new. But I want to say something before we begin today. We are, we're really still coming out of the dark ages. I know folk don't hear that very often, but the church, you know, God's people have only had Bibles the last 500 years. And think about this, only over the last 20-something years has the church begun to learn how to live in victory over sin. That not are we only justified 
by faith alone, but that we are only sanctified by faith, and that being faith in the cross alone, nothing else. All the schemes and fads, God is pushing them out once again of the church, and we're still coming out of the dark ages. Very few people in the church today, compared to the number of saved people, are hearing this truth. And that's why we ask you to help us publish it, to share it. Don't just like it or comment on the broadcast. Share it. If you shared it, then what if 50 more people shared it? And you're, we're, we're reaching literally thousands, if not more. But then there are those Christians who are hearing it, <clears throat> and they're still rejecting it. Pride can only do that. Pride is the reason the message of the cross is being rejected. You never need to forget that. And when we look at the New Covenant writings of the Bible, the New Testament we call it, uh, most uh, of the church today, a lot of the church is still under this Calvinistic. And, and John Calvin had some good things. He had them right. But listen, he missed the boatload of things. And, and one of those things is that if you're, if you're just following Calvin, Calvin down to a T and everything he taught, you're going to miss this sanctification process. Because when we read Romans chapter 8, it's not about just the saved and the lost. It's about the lost and the saved and those among the saved who are carnally minded, fleshly minded, or spiritual minded. Because you and I can be though either one of those things as a Christian. Christians who say that if you're not living saved, you're not saved, don't have a clue, and they're really not sure about their own salvation then because there's many times in our lives as Christians, if we're honest, if we're liars, we won't believe it, but if we're honest with ourselves that we live and we act like we're not even saved. You know, the Bible says in Ephesians 5.15, don't be living, uh, you know, live, uh, don't be living as though you're a fool. And a fool is as there's no God. Don't live as you're a fool. Christians can live as if there's no God leading them. Amen. We've all done it. So you got to let some of the things go you've been taught. When you read the, the book of Romans and the book of Galatians, these, especially Romans chapter 8 where we are today, if all you know is, is saved and lost and you don't know that among the saved, people can live unsaved because they don't know how to live in victory, then you're going to miss the whole jest of what the Spirit of God is trying to tell you in Romans chapter 8. Because Romans chapter 8 is not talking about just the saved and the lost, and that's it. It's talking about the lost, the saved. It's talking about among those who are saved, those who are carnally minded, and those who are spiritual minded. Because a lost man can't be spiritual minded unless he's born again, and then he can't remain spiritual minded if he lives according to the flesh. But the way he lives according to the Spirit is through faith in the sacrifice of Christ. Paul told the church in Galatia, Have you not begun in the Spirit, but now become so foolish to, to think that you can now be perfected by the flesh? He's talking to the already born-again, Spirit-filled church. Let me share this before we get into the Word today. I listen, I've listened over the last couple of weeks, well, really a week, to, uh, 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 I'm just going to tell you, a, bat, a couple of Baptist ministers that can preach the Word of God like nobody's business. Preach the Word of God like nobody's business. L really, just to be honest, hope it don't hurt nobody's feelings, but these guys I heard, these Baptist preachers I heard preach the Word of God, the, the Word of God poured out of them 
There, there was an anointing there. The word of God poured out of them that just blessed my soul. But the thing is, I noticed that they're preaching the word of God. All their meetings are preached in the context of initial salvation. Initial salvation. So I, I you got you got 150 people in your church, 400 people, whatever the case may be, and you're preaching the word of God in its initial saving, always about initial salvation, hoping somebody there lost will get saved and praise God for that. But if you listen, if you've got 150 people in your church, preacher, and most of them, if not all of them, are already saved, you've got to preach God's word in its sanctifying avenue, which is still faith in the cross, but you can't read Romans 8 like it's talking about saved or just lost. No, because all of us, children of God, live and act like we're lost many occasions, on many occasions. We come to church with a smile and a hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, but we get out there in that car before we crank it. We're talking ugly to the kids or the husband, the wife, whatever. You know I'm being real, and if you start being real, then that'll be a sign you're headed in the right direction. Listen, I need the Word of God coming at me. I'm already saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. But I, now, what I need to learn now is how to live saved, how to live where the sin that's dominated me for 20 years can no longer dominate me because I'm under grace and not law, Romans six fourteen. I need to learn how, and it ain't just going to happen one day when God decides that I finally arrived and now I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give it to you. No, my friend. We're called to be students of the Word. We're called to learn God's Word. We're called to grow in grace that's only found in Christ. We're called to grow in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the only way we can grow is in grace that's only found in Christ and in His knowledge. His knowledge, not the knowledge of my denomination, the knowledge of the, the knowledge of the grace and the knowledge of Christ. And how that works is the Holy Spirit using God's word gives you the truth, that which pertains to Christ because he is the truth and faith in what he did at Calvary is what allows him to reveal truth to you and impart that truth when you believe it. That's all about being led by the Spirit. Amen. So let's read this today with that out of the way because that's a big issue. We're still coming out of the dark ages. We're still coming out of the dark ages. Glory to God. I'm glad to be coming out and walking in a place now that the church has not walked in in 2,000 years. I'm talking about the church as a whole. That which is seen, God is giving us an increase of understanding in these last days. Wait a minute. Not just to anybody. To those who come back to the learning place, faith in the sacrifice of Christ. God said, there's where I'll meet with you. There's where I'll commune with you. There's where we're saved. There's where we're taught to live saved. Nowhere else. That's it. Just there. 
And we need to remember that when we move away from Calvary, and, and listen, if we do to any of these schemes, these celebrate recovery, oh, I need those meetings. No, you need to have faith in what Christ did at Calvary. Oh, I need AA. No, you don't. You need what Christ did at Calvary. Oh, I need the purpose driven, the government of 12. God's using those things. God is not using those things. God is not pleased with those things because those things distract from the exclusivity of the avenue God has provided, which is faith in the sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ. You need to understand that. Not the words you speak, not the money you give, not even the prayers you pray. Hear me clearly, nothing you do but faith in what he's done for you at Calvary. It's that narrow, it's that simple. The, fa the, 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 the issue is, the question is, will you humbly come to the cross? Relieving yourself of all the things you've been distracted by, carried off into through the lust of our own flesh. Watch this now. Romans chapter 8, verse 6. For to be carnally, it means fleshly, minded, is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And when you see the words life and peace, that speaks of Christ, who is our life, and peace that he afforded us at Calvary, Colossians 1.20. He made our peace through the blood of his cross. Somebody said amen. Listen, you don't get peace from God because you ask for it, child of God. You get the peace of God as the Holy Spirit is allowed to do that legal work in you by providing you those benefits of Calvary through your faith in Calvary. Not 20 years ago, the Bible says now faith is. Now faith is. Yesterday's gone. Now faith is. And faith only, faith's only object is Jesus Christ and him crucified. And you might be thinking, well, I've got the whole Bible to put my faith in. Jesus said the scriptures are about him. John 5, 39, Luke 24, 44 through 46. Jesus is the living word of God, the word that was made flesh. Hallelujah. And the Holy Spirit's going to reveal all that pertains to Jesus to you, Jesus told us. That's what would happen when the Comforter, the Spirit of Truth, comes. He will show you that which is of mine. He will reveal, how will he do it? He will reveal all truth to you. God's Word is truth as long as it's tied to Jesus, who is the truth. God's Word can be a lamp to my feet and a light to my path as long as it's in the context of Jesus, who is the light, and the cross, which is the switch that turns the light on. Jesus, the Bible, can be my daily bread as long as it's uh, what's, what's causing my faith to be in his cross that I take up daily. My faith remains in his cross. He can be my, the word can be my daily bread as long as it's in the context of the one who said, I am the bread that comes from heaven. And make no mistake about it, God's not honoring any golden calves that we paint up and decorate so wonderful and tag it as God will use it. God uses his son and what his son did at Calvary. That's all God's going to use. That's all God's going to work through. Psalms 33, 4, write it down. Romans 8, 2, write it down. Check it out after the teaching. You'll find that what Jesus said is right. The way is very narrow. And it's not getting more narrow. It's always been this narrow. And only those who humbly come to God through faith in the sacrifice 
every day will find the grace and mercy they need. No one else. No one else. That's not being ugly, rude, mean, non-loving. That is being very loving to point people to the place they can find the love of God. I have to tell you today, everything else is make-believe. Everything else has been painted by the enemy to look like God, to look like a move of God, but it is not a move of God. Cain thought he could go out and just have his own God, his own way. They all were washed away by the flood. You better hear me. You better hear me. You better hear the Holy Spirit. For to be carnally minded, that means to think according to the flesh, and we are if our faith is not in the sacrifice. For when our faith is in the sacrifice alone, not 20 years ago, not just because our faith was in the sacrifice, you've got to deny yourself today of whatever it is that's keeping you from taking up your cross, which is faith in the cross of Christ and following Jesus. Listen, let me say something about that scripture. Denying yourself is only true biblical denial in the eyes of God if your denial of yourself is that which has allowed you to have faith in the cross and nothing else. If you won't let go of the purpose-driven, the promise-keepers, the celebrate-recovery, the AA, the government of 12, the, the this, the that that's brought into the church, the book you bought that's that, that, that the enemy's telling you, if you'll do these three things, I'll set you free from sin and claiming that's the voice of God. No, Jesus did the one righteous work that will save and deliver from all sin. Hallelujah. And until you humbly come back to that faith, child of God, you will be confused and you will not find victory. Even that which you claim you have victory over, you do not. You do not. Listen, Israel thought they built a golden calf and built an altar right beside the golden calf trying to mix the program, what they built with their hands along with the sacrificial promise that God had offered the way to be in relationship with him. There is no mixture. God wouldn't allow it. It's not the altar and. It's not the cross and. The and eliminates us from a move of God. The and eliminates us from salvation. If you're already saved, it eliminates you from future grace and a walk with God because unless we're in agreement with God, we can't walk with God and the only place to agree with God is through faith in what his son did at Calvary, not Yesterday, today, the only object of faith today, the only way we can be delivered from thinking carnally and fleshly, which is death, which means separation from God, and to be walking in a place that's spiritually minded is through faith in the cross of Jesus Christ. That's why the Bible says to be spiritually minded is life. That means to experience the one who is our life, Christ. The experience of eternal life ain't coming, my friend. It's just a greater experience is coming. Everything God does gets greater and greater and greater. And I want you to think about that. Last night on my way home from church, the Lord showed me, just spoke this into my heart and told me that very thing. Everything I do becomes greater and greater and greater, whether it's the blessing or the cursing, whether it's the reaping of life or the reaping of death, anything that happens in the, in the order that God has laid before us, whichever way we choose to go increases, whether it be in blessing or under cursing. And the more we go in either direction, the more we become that which 
our reaping is 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 causing. And now think about this. This is what God showed me last night on the way home. And I know we're a little off track, maybe, but maybe not. Even those and think about those who were in paradise in Abraham's bosom. They couldn't go to heaven because the blood of animals couldn't complete the work, couldn't get them into heaven. It was a temporary a holding place for those that were believers of God through the sacrifice. Uh, and, but when Jesus came and gave his life, he went, Ephesians 4, and captured those unto himself and delivered them from the captivity of that place uh, even though they weren't being tormented, they couldn't go to heaven until Jesus shed his perfect blood. But I want you to think about this. Even those who were on the torment side at that point, even though Jesus showed up and brought an increase of blessing to those in Abraham's bosom, moving them from captivity in Abraham's bosom, they're no longer in Abraham's bosom. They are all promoted, increased of their faith, has increased in blessing, and now they're in Christ in heaven with the Lord right now. But think about this. Those who were in torment, even that has increased. Isaiah says hell has enlarged itself. Listen, they at one time could look across the great abyss and at least speak to Abraham. You know the story in Luke 16 about the rich man who went to hell and Lazarus who went to Abraham's bosom. At least those in torment could ask for a drop of water. No longer can they do that. There, there, there's no communication now with the saints on the other side of the abyss. The increase was for the saints. The increase of torment was for those in torment. And not only that, but one day, those who have reaped eternal life will have new bodies, new minds, and an eternity of total perfection with the Lord. But even those who are in torment now, that's been worse because they can't even communicate now with Abraham or anybody. Now there's been an increase of their torment because of, uh, the saints having been removed out of their communication. But there's also coming a day when even they will be tossed into a lake of fire. There's an increase of all things. That's why you and I, we're either increasing in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, or we're increasing under the curse. And it doesn't matter if you think so or not, because when our faith is not in the cross alone, Romans 7 teaches us that if our faith is not in the Christ in his work at Calvary alone, the sin nature is ruling, and the sin nature deceives us. The sin nature puffs us up and allows us, causes, makes me, dominates me, makes me think that the purpose-driven really is working for me, that these things I'm doing really is working for me. That these works I'm doing really are working for me. That's why at the great white judgment, the Lord will say, doesn't matter you're calling me Lord. I don't know who you are. You're workers of iniquity. See, the sin nature dominates. The sin nature deceives. Read Romans chapter 7. The sin nature keeps us bound. And the sin nature destroys us, slays us. Read Romans chapter 7. Think about it. Watch this. 
So we can tie together here to be spiritually minded is faith in the sacrifice of Christ because only through that avenue do we have the life of Christ, not just initially, but daily in experience. Daily in experience. And the New Testament is written for more than just our initial salvation, but how to live saved. How to live saved. You ask the typical, just any Christian today, ask them, go ask them, how do you live for God? They'll start telling you, well, you go to church, you read your Bible, you, you do these things, you tithe, you do the... No, how do I do those things? Because my flesh really don't want to. I, you know, my, I'm born again. My inner man wants to serve God. I have the inner witness of the Spirit, but many days I, I, I seem to be uh, battling. I'm struggling. In the, how do I get past this? And most Christians today will tell you, well, God changed your will. Now you can will it. That's not true, and it's not in the Bible. The Bible says God both is working in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. That means for us to walk by faith because he can't have a good pleasure about us unless it's by faith we're walking. I mean, he can't be pleased without faith. So watch this. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. That means the experience of life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God because it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Listen, you and I, through our faith in the cross of Christ and where he fully obeyed the law his entire life and then died for all of us who couldn't, allowing us in him through faith in his work there alone to become law keepers to experience now having the gift that came upon Abraham, which is the gift now, the Spirit of God who fulfills the law, the righteousness of the law in us, the Bible teaches. Praise God. Verse 4, back up a few verses, that God sending his own son in verse 3, what the law couldn't do because our flesh was weak, God had to send his son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemn sin in the flesh so that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, not with a carnal mind thinking that now these programs are going to give me the experience of life and peace. No, but after the Spirit. And you have to read and study Galatians chapter 3 to tie in with this. Because Paul called the Galatians foolish and asked who it was that bewitched them. Who, it is it, who is it that's got you looking away from what I preach to you? Did they come along and tell you that, yeah, the cross got you in, but now these things that you do are going to make you perfect, are going to mature you, are going to cause you to grow? No. Who caused you not to obey the truth? Who, who, who bewitched you? Who fooled you like this? Are you so foolish? Listen to what Paul says in Galatians chapter 3. Are you so foolish to think that you've begun in the Spirit through faith in what he preached, the message of the cross? Go back and read it. That's what it says. To now begin to live according to the flesh. That means faith in other things. And listen, when we say the cross and, we eliminate ourselves from the benefits of the cross. Because maybe not with our lips, oh, we say so many right things with our lips, but Jesus is watching what we're believing with our hearts. And our hearts many times do not agree with what our lips are saying. Jesus said that when he said, you draw near me and you honor me with your lips, 
but your hearts are nowhere around here. Your hearts are far away from me. And it's only with the heart when men believe unto righteousness that we experience not only initial salvation. Romans 10.10 is not just for the initial experience of salvation. It's for the daily experience of salvation. You and I as children of God must continue to believe with the heart unto righteousness because God's word, all of God's words are in righteousness. Proverbs 8 and 8. All of God's words are in righteousness. Proverbs 8 and 8. And God's righteousness is only revealed in the gospel. Romans 1, 16 and 17. So when you move away from the gospel, and you do, when you move away from the message of the cross, and you do, even though you don't think you are, when you build that altar beside when you build that altar beside your golden calf, when you say, Oh yeah, we still believe in the cross, but we oh, there's where you've removed yourself from growing in the knowledge and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, because the Holy Spirit works within a legal perimeter for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of the Spirit of death. Let's go back up and read that. From the law of sin and death. The Holy Spirit works within the perimeters. It's a legal work Christ did <coughs> that now allows us to have the Holy Spirit and allows the Holy Spirit to lead us within the, the perimeters <coughs> sorry, of this legal work provided us at Calvary. Let me say it again this morning. God is awakening His church. He's awakening His church. If you missed last night's message, please go listen to it. It's on our website at thecrosswaychurch.com. It's on the Spreaker app on my page for those who have ears to hear. And it's on YouTube, Curtis Hutchinson 316. As God relates the almond, the, the almonds, the fruit, the nuts, the almonds, to light, and he relates the light to his word, please go back and listen to that message last night. It's so important because you and I, all Christians are priests under the new covenant, not just Levites, not just those under Aaron are priests, but all of God's children are priests in the kingdom. And our main function is to be, we are to be light presenters, presenting Christ as the light, using God's word as the light to do that. Please go listen to that message. You'll be superbly blessed if you have ears to hear. You will be. Well, I hate to say this, but we're out of time. These are little half-hour sessions. Uh, but I want to read this one more time. Because the carnal mind, verse 7 of Romans 8, the carnal mind, the fleshly mind, which is the mind that's not trusting in Calvary. It's not trusting in Calvary. It's trusting in what they're doing. But, in the, but, but the carnal mind is enmity against God because it's not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. And remember what we read earlier in this chapter. God had to send his son in the likeness of sinful flesh to condemn sin in the flesh so that we could be delivered from 
the sinful flesh so that now we no longer have to live according to the flesh but we can be led by the spirit that's what it means to walk after the spirit and we do that as we are growing in the knowledge of Christ and in the grace of Christ that grace that he tasted death by Hebrews 2 9 and through that avenue alone does grace come well, God bless you. I hope you've taken notes. I hope you'll uh, share these somehow on social media. Just put the YouTube channel out there and send it or somehow find this, uh, publish this with us. Uh, Curtis Hutchinson 316 is the YouTube channel. And if you'll tune in with us every Monday morning and Thursday morning right here in my office at 8.30 a.m. Central Time, we will continue this Romans teaching. And on Friday mornings in the morning, at 9 a.m. Central Time, we are studying the book of Jude. I encourage you to join us there. If you live anywhere near Atlanta, Texas, Queen City, Texas, Texarkana, somewhere close, drive over to the studio at 9 a.m. Central Time on Friday mornings and be a part of our Bible study. Not trying to get you in our church, just in the Word of God. For from there alone does faith come, and only as faith comes can we overcome and be pleasing to God. God bless you. We love you. And until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. God bless you.